Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The epistle today begins by affirming something central to our Orthodox understanding of how God works in the world, in the church, and in us. Synergy, uh, cooperation, co-working. The apostles, and thus we as the apostolic church, founded through them and called to imitate them, are a community of synergy, a community of co-laborers. Co-laborers with God, working together with God, and working together with each other in God to manifest the life and work of God to the world. That is indeed a humbling thought. Our lives, our church, are an epiphany, a manifestation of God to the world, a proclamation of God's message, the gospel, God's call to be reconciled to him through Christ. Because the cross and resurrection of Christ are the fullest revelation of God, everything else God uses to reveal himself takes on the pattern of the cross and the resurrection. To be conformed to Christ means taking on that pattern of death and resurrection unto new life, of embracing the extremes of life and death in ourselves, of dignity and shame, of fullness and poverty, so that our lives become a living testament of how reality has been overturned and transformed in Christ. This is how things must be, for all of reality has participated, been affected uh, in Christ's death and resurrection. Having assumed human nature itself, Christ has put to death the old humanity altogether. And because Christ, as the power, the wisdom, and word of God, fills all things by his power, his death is a cosmic event. All of creation has been crucified in and with Christ and has been raised to new life, recreated through his resurrection. Nothing can be the same after that. While this is the truth of the matter, ultimately, there is also the truth of our present experience, that we are awaiting the redemption of our bodies, which still suffer from sin and death, decay. We have been renewed according to the inner man, but we are struggling to make that inner transformation, our death in and with Christ to the old humanity, increasingly true of our bodies and our wills. That is how we go about living on a daily basis, how we talk, how we treat each other, where we go, what we do with our five senses, how we let the world of the flesh and the devil imprint our souls, leading us to deny what is the truth about who we are, that we have died and been raised to new life in Christ. St. Paul exhorts us to remember and to view each day as the day of salvation. That is an opportunity for repentance and transformation, lest we have received the grace of God in vain. Like the desert father who perceives the angels coming to fetch his soul, quoting here, the old men sitting with him said to him, you have no need uh, to do repentance, father, to do penance. But the old man said to him, truly I do not think I have even made a beginning yet. 
As we turn to the gospel lesson, I would invite us to see and hear in it the model on which the apostolic ministry and our own daily repentance is patterned. In the gospel reading, which is one of three resurrection healing stories in the gospels, St. Luke tells the story of Jesus raising the young man in a way that echoes the Old Testament narratives of the prophets Elijah and Elisha. Those were dark days in, uh, for Israel in the ninth century in the northern kingdom of Israel, Samaria. Days of tyrannical kings, disgusting false worship, and drought and famine, or un unintentional fasting, we could say. In First Kings, or Third Kingdoms, chapter 17, the widow of Zarephath is helped by Elijah with an unceasing supply of flour and oil until the drought ends. The presence of the man of God is not, however, as perhaps one might expect, the end of all struggle or, or tragedy. Quoting here, Now after this, the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. His sickness was so severe that there was no breath, no pnevma, no spirit left in him. So she said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sins to remembrance and to slay my son? And Elijah said to the woman, Give me your son. And he took him out of her bosom and took him up to the chamber in which he himself lodged and laid him on the bed. And Elijah cried out and said, Woe is me, O Lord, the witness of the widow with whom I sojourn. You have afflicted her in slaying her son. And he breathed on, or stretched himself upon in another uh, version, that he breathed on the child three times and called on the Lord and said, O Lord my God, let I pray thee the soul of this child return to him. And it was so, and the child cried out. And he brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Behold, I know that you are a man of God, and the word of the Lord is in your, in your mouth is true. We could turn also to the healing of, to Elisha's, the successor to Elijah, with a double portion of the spirit, prophetic spirit, raising the Shunammite's woman, uh, the Shunammite woman's son, which resonates with this story from 2 Kings 4. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands and bowed himself upon him and the flesh of the child grew warm. And he returned and walked up and down in the house and he went up and bowed himself on the child seven times and the child opened his eyes. What do we see in these passages? Is not the man of God the mediator who brings together within himself, within his own person, the extremes that St. Paul enumerates in his, his epistle? How do we embrace these extremes? Knowledge and calamities, kindness and tumults, hunger and the power of God, dying and behold we live. It can only be divine grace that enables us to do this at home, at work, at school. But we must know that we can and must. That is our purpose. We also see that the man of God is the pattern upon which that which is broken, sick, 
and dying, dead, is restored. This restoration is accomplished through direct contact, touch, breath, extending oneself to, stretching oneself over the other. Ours is the faith of the incarnation and resurrection, of icons, of the transformation and glorification of matter, not its rejection. Our gospel, the proclamation of the Orthodox Church, is that of a God who enters into the material world, who descends into the nitty-gritty, a God who is compassionate and loving towards humanity, who desires all to be saved, to turn and be healed. And this is how we are called to do ministry, through our own repentance, seeking to become the man of God that can then mediate and be stretched over others unto the healing and restoration of others. Just as Christ in the church has spread his wing over us and covered us and breathed on us with the Holy Spirit. For Elijah, Elisha, and for our Lord, and then for Paul, this meant extensive periods of time in the wilderness, both literal and metaphorical, spiritual. As a loving father, God knows that we need the exile, the wilderness, the famine, to remind us that this world is not ultimate, to show his power through our weakness. Through God's mysterious grace, that lack, that deprivation, that emptiness is transformed into a fullness, a fullness that, can then, uh, that is then poured into or stretched over others as the man of God then takes on the burdens and the pain of others. This is the apostolic way of life. May it be true of us. Amen. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, visit us online at st-philip.net.